0: Okay, so I do not like politics because I'm non-confrontational and I avoid conflict at all costs. Watching my dad who loves politics debate with people, anyone who's willing to debate about any topic and seeing how it can become heated. If that's what politics
1: or being interested in politics is about, I do not want to weigh in on the issues because I just wanted to stay away from that confrontation
0: um, I care about politics because votes and policies affect my rights affect what I can cannot do affect people I care about and impact the most marginalized people
1: no I don't love talking about politics and I think it stresses me out you know sometimes in the end I just feel like it doesn't matter anyway like we're all gonna die
0: I care about politics because despite it being imperfect and there not being too many great choices at the moment, it's still a privilege in democratic societies to be able to vote freely.
2: I don't follow politics or I don't really care about politics because I don't like to stress over things that I have no control over.
0: I care about politics because I think that the choice or decision or default of not caring about politics is a sign of one's privilege and that you know the privilege of not caring about politics really reveals that elected officials and policies do not affect your life or your rights or your ability to um you know take care of yourself and your loved ones
2: i'm interested in politics because it directly influences how we can and cannot live our lives i'm right and you're wrong
0: Listen.
1: G'day and welcome to another episode of the Ideas Digest podcast, the podcast that has the noble goal about promoting understanding between the tribes of division that form around religion, politics, and free, I don't know, CrossFit, whatever else divides people. Uh, and back by unpopular demand, it, I have a special new series to introduce. Ideas Digest gets political. Three years ago, I did a series before, the Australia, before Australia's federal election and boy, did that not rate well. Turns out people are not interested in Australian politics. But guess what? I am. I, the Australian election is around the corner and I'm getting stoked on it because I've discovered I watch politics like I watch sport and I've, I know the stats of my players. I, you know, I'm looking at how many runs ScoMo's getting on the board lately. Sorry, that's our prime minister for foreign American friends of the show. Three years ago, I interviewed some greenies, some righties, some lefties, and tried to work out what what is behind people's vote. Why do they vote the way they do? And I've gotten interested in politics again. And so, because nothing is more divisive than politics. So in this series, we want to explore what's behind these divisions. Perhaps um, we should all just avoid talking about politics and ignore it and just get along and pretend it doesn't exist. No, that is not the Ideas Digest way. Let us stumble deep into the division. Now, to make things more interesting, so it's not just me, uh, I like to have friends of the show. And let me introduce to you two friends of the show, one returning friend of the show, one new friend of the show, returning friend of the show, you may remember, Alice. Alice, welcome back to Ideas Digest. Alice Gretchen, I, that is your full name.
0: Yes, it is. Thank you so much for having me back.
1: Just remind people uh, how, how they might remember you.
0: So you might remember me as on this podcast as the girl who wrote a memoir called Wayward about my upbringing in and departure from evangelical Christianity. Uh, I also founded a resource site for other religious defectors called "Dare to Doubt."
1: Mm-hmm. Religious defectors, already very divisive. All the religious listeners <laughs> uh, get intrigued. No, that's, that's, it's great to have you back and new friend of the show that you uh, introduced to for the first time, Christian, my lifelong friend, Brody. Uh, welcome to the show, mate.
2: Uh, thanks for having me. Yeah, I'm Christian. Uh, I, am, I am interested in politics for sure. Uh, not exactly my wheelhouse as I'm a high school teacher yeah, yeah. going on about 10 years now. Um, happy to be here. Yep, good high school teacher. That shows you know
1: uh, enough to teach our next generation, but not enough to get paid well for it.
2: (laughs) (laughs) It's not so bad in Australia, all right? It's not so bad. (laughs) Speak for yourself in New
1: South Wales there, Victoria. Sucks. (laughs) Um, Anyway, um, in in this series, um, and I hope my guests will permit me to, to say something that could be offensive, but I actually don't think it's offensive. I've brought together three very myself included in that three non-expert minds as christian's kind of pointed out like some very um lay people um to it to help me explore the complex wasteland that is politics uh we well christian and i probably hobbyists shoot from the hips not all the facts kind of opinions on politics we've done that a long time growing up together but alice As you, as people might have guessed from that accent, you're American.
0: I certainly am born and bred.
1: And so on a scale of nothing to 10, how much do you know about Australian politics? (laughs)
0: Like um, zero to one,
1: 0.5. Let's go (laughs) 0.5. Okay. Tell me that 0.5. What's the 0.5 you know?
0: Um, well, I know you guys have super strict COVID lockdowns. <laughs> that's my oh, <okay>. point five.
1: <laughs> okay. That's, We're... that's
0: what Americans know of about Australia. It's like, oh my God, we think we have it bad look at Australia.
1: Yeah. We... Australia has become the poster child for Fox News. Look at communist North Korea, Australia. <laughs> so, so this is that's I mean... probably what, I don't know if we'll dispel any of these myths. Some of them may be true. I'm not sure.
0: It sounds really intense. I would love to hear both of your guys' experience with this because it sounds very intense. <laughs>
1: we should the we lockdowns. should probably at, we should attempt to myth bust some things as well. That would be an interesting. Um, Alice can throw what she hears, what she's heard, and then we can say whether it's true or not. Um, and and Christian, your what's your kind of give us your intro to your political understanding?
2: Okay, so like two elections ago. Um, (laughs) it was quite, well, I mean, you know, which is good, like, you know, six years, like no, or maybe, maybe more like 10 years ago, back when, uh, Tony Abbott was going for it. Um, I, and it might've been at your behest actually, um, you were asking me questions about what was going on, who to vote for or something like that. That's vague memory. And I remember just opening the laptop and just typing in who should I vote for? Um, just because I, d- I didn't, I just didn't want to walk into the booth and just do a donkey vote and just tick a box mm. and walk away. I wanted to have some understanding of wh- of who I was voting for, and I was just looking for one thing that made me go, "Great, I'll vote for that person." And at the yeah. time, the Liberal Party in Australia, which like, is our this,
1: conservative party,
2: yes, um, <laughs> they actually had at the time and they kind of reneged on this anyway um they wanted uh, to do with the nbn the national broadband network they were going to roll that out uh, or improve it somehow whatever and i just wanted good internet and so i was like great i'm just going to vote for that person um uh, that's the okay. that's that was my introduction
1: awesome awesome because i think that situates you perfectly for this conversation because as i've been speaking to friends of the show just like as the uh, political Election comes up as the anti-vax, pro-vax political discussions engages more people. I'm discovering, I mean, we don't know a hell of a lot about politics, just on average. I think the average person, if we're really honest, if, if we had to sit down and describe to you the mechanisms by which our, get this word, bicameral parliamentary system works how it functions yeah alice how's that for a big word <laughs> <Ooh>. <laughs> I, I couldn't describe to you what ex- i couldn't explain it a little bit but if anyone had to i think we'd have no idea uh, but in australia alice you may know this or not we have to vote
0: oh like it's a law
1: it's a law we can get what in happens trouble. if you don't we'll get a fine do you know how much the fine is christian
2: mm-hmm. um no idea it'd be a couple of hundred bucks probably i got a question for you conrad have you ever not voted and made up an excuse as to why you didn't vote so you didn't have to pay the fine
1: yes yes i have me too (laughs) what what was
2: your excuse oh i just pull the religion card all the time oh oh, no, that's all just just rely on that like oh i can't go in on that day blah 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 but these days you can do online stuff so i just do that yeah yeah.
0: Wow. Listen does... to how you guys get out of voting. Reminds me of how like we try to get out of jury duty. Do you guys have jury duty?
2: Yeah. Yeah. We got that. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I've never gotten the privilege.
0: The privilege.
2: <laughs> I've had coworkers <laughs> that have gone, um, and it ends up like if, you're, if your employer has a good reason why they need you, then they can put that oh, forward to um, the judge, and then they'll make a call. But you know, it's okay. it's at the mercy of the judge. So. How does,
1: how does that, um, force vote or you get a fine sit with you, Alice?
0: Um, so my initial gut, my, my initial reaction was like, no, like that's that. I can't believe that. And then followed up with a logical, like, oh, well, I guess that's one way to ensure your population like partakes. And, uh, I don't know. I'll have to, I'd have to think about it and get back to you on what my, uh, my final takeaway might be. I've just, I, I, I've honestly never heard of such a thing. Here we go. I'm learning new shit already.
1: I'll I'll have to work out whether what other countries have compulsory voting, but yeah, voting is compulsory. So this is why I think, and, and what you do, if you don't give a shit and don't want to vote, you just do it. Christian was saying, you just donkey vote it and you just write like buzz light year and then just put it in, you make your own box and then it, they just don't count it. Cause you haven't done it correctly, but you've been kind of marked off or you can do it. Christian and I did which I don't, honestly, I don't think I even started voting until 25. I think I just somehow missed the register and they didn't know that I wasn't voting, so I didn't get any fines. And then w- one year I forgot to vote, but then was like, oh, I was overseas, look at my like ticket. And I may have been a little bit overseas or something. So you can get out of it. Um, I don't know if that's encouraging. That I mean, given how strict Australia is, that could be encouraging... Um, a crime for, for our Australian
2: listeners. I don't know. Yeah, don't do that. Much, Definitely like. register to vote. Don't do what Conrad did. I remember looking don't down you. on you, Conrad, going, I can't but, believe you haven't registered. What are you what doing? were you looking down on We me? live in a democracy. Come on. And then and then you voted for just I want internet party. <laughs> that was long Which is ago. which
0: is awesome. <laughs> um, no but I okay wait, I have a question though on this yeah. compulsory voting. Do you guys get how, first of all, how do you vote and do you get paid time off to go vote like is it online do you have to show up at like a like a in-person polling place does it take a couple hours like it does over here generally (laughs) like what is this you know because over here part of the push to encourage people to vote more is for their employers to give them paid time off to go vote and i would imagine if it was compulsory in a country like australia you guys would maybe have that or you'd be able to vote from home
2: we've got a number of different ways that you can do it My understanding is that in America, the federal elections are held on like a Tuesday or like one of the weekdays, which just baffles the mind. But in Australia, uh, it's always on the weekend, on a Saturday. Uh, So the polling places, which are usually just public schools, usually there can be a bunch of other places, community centers and things like that. Um, That's the one day where if you want to vote in person, that's where you go. But more often than not, a lot of polling places are open like a week before or even two weeks before. Or more, yeah, just to give you information, pamphlets um, on the different candidates uh, to give you information about, hey, this is how you can postal vote if you aren't able to be, like, if you can't, let's say you're working on that Saturday, well, you can postal vote. Um, The most recent local elections, um, I kind of forgot that it was happening and I didn't want to stand in a line on a Saturday for two hours. Um, So I thought I'll go online and if you can prove your identity in a bunch and go through a few hoops. Uh, you can do your vote online. I don't know if that'll be for the federal election, but at least for the local one—that's what it was. So wow, they make it pretty well, I, easy.
1: I feel like I feel like this can be a paid advertisement for the Australian Electoral Commission. It's like <laughs> voting voting in go. Australia is, is is so easy. So yeah, it's not like as yet it's not a political hot issue where it's like fraudulent voting, can't vote in here, people lining up for three hours or four hours to exercise their right to vote, and so yeah it there it's kind of no excuse it's it's pretty easy in australia yeah as we go through this series the starting point and we've already probably touched on it the starting point is like people don't necessarily know that much about politics but then something will come up politically and everyone will start getting engaged so like recently with the covid lockdown laws the vaccine mandates everyone's starting to like get get really like politically minded, even if they were going oh i don't i don't care about politics so something always pulls people into politics but you have to establish the fact that first do you care about politics do like why should anyone even care as christian i've just admitted i don't know alice's journey uh but i didn't vote for a very long time i was politically ignorant for probably too long and Christian I'm going to just say probably the same. So yeah. with that in mind and with Alice being our um constant translator for not just Americans listening if they're curious at all um but for those who are like I don't even like what's the, it's too complicated I don't even get it. So Alice is going to keep us in check a little bit and be like, "Hang on, what is that? What are you talking about? The, the, your liberal party is your conservative party, like your Republicans? That seems confusing. Oh, it wow. is. <laughs> it definitely is. So the liberals are conservative. So our right side are our liberal side, but they're not liberal. Uh, but well, maybe compared to Americans, they probably are. But let's. I, I want to start with I guess, do you guys even care about politics? Christian's already said, yeah, I, I guess I care about politics. But Alice, do you care about politics? And when did this metamorphosis take place?
0: So I have come to care about politics. Uh, like the both of you, I was a late bloomer into even a halfway interest of politics, which although now that I'm thinking about it, like it, I guess it's tricky because as a teenager, I was raised, um, I uh, kind of heavily indoctrinated in certain churches into what would now be called Christian nationalism. So in one sense my my youth like my my teenagehood was very heavily political. Um I went to Washington DC to march on the Capitol Mall to bring bring America back to God and for George Bush to win the election to enable this to happen. Um <clears throat> and uh I you know being pro life and being anti gay marriage were like two tenets of my particular brand of Christian faith. And um, so in a a way, I was very political as a young person. Um, Cut to, you know, I was 18 when I could vote for the first time. I did vote for George Bush. Um, I was still very much a Christian then. Uh, And then when I lost my faith at age 21, I completely lost all interest in politics as well. Um, It felt like such a relief to not have to be burdened with thinking about politics um, because it just felt like politics were, for, for me personally, a way to walk my faith. And since I didn't have my faith anymore, I had no obligation to walk it. I didn't have to give a shit about politics anymore. Um, and I really enjoyed that for in my, my ignorant, privileged, blissful way um, for a number of years. And I think what got me back into it, honestly, was probably in my my mid, late 20s, all of my friends were getting really into it. And I was tired of feeling like the ignorant one left out of the conversation because I couldn't keep up with, with what they were talking about. You know, who is this Obama dude? I guess I should learn. Oh, okay. He's going to maybe be the first black president. Oh, that sounds important. Okay. Let's get interested and and see. Um, And then I remember, you know, I I live in California in LA and I remember prop eight being a big deal too um, about legalizing gay marriage. And it was like, this was, This was something that I very much advocated against um, gay people's right to marry as as a teenager and as a young adult. Now I could reverse that. Um, And so that kind of compelled me to get a little bit more involved in politics was just because I could see the direct impact it had on people that I knew and loved and cared about, um, like my gay friends who wanted to get married all of a sudden politics became real to me in a way that it previously had not been previously it had only been ideological and closely tied with my faith and then secondarily just like something I didn't have to think about anymore because I'm lucky enough to not usually have to um and uh now I, f- I feel like I-, I I don't get off on it the way you do Conrad <laughs> politics isn't my it's not my uh, it's, it's not my It's not my thing, but (laughs) I do, I do endeavor to keep up with it enough to um, not be totally ignorant and to make sure that that for myself and the people that I love and care about um, and that my value from what's important to me uh, are reflected in whatever policies I'm willing to think I can influence.
1: (laughs) Mm. Yeah. American politics. Yeah, it's, honestly, it sounds like a nightmare. <laughs> it's like how entangled it is with so many identities. Like how entangled it is with Christianity, I don't think Australians can appreciate. Like I, th- I think our conservative party is trying to tap into that like voter block and trying to say if you're a Christian, vote conservative. But I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, Christian, From my limited, I'm not, I guess I'm not that old and my political awareness has been, you know, late coming, but abortion, like that's never been like this, this line in the sand, one single issue Christians or anyone kind of votes on more recently, which is weird. I think we're copying America's playbook gay marriage. Yeah, that was one, I think. I think that was very, but that's in the recent years. I think we're becoming more divisive th- around these issues recently. But in America, like in Australia, I don't know. I've never been into a Christian church that's been like super politically charged, like pretty right-wing charged. I don't know if what if you think the same Christian. Uh,
2: well, I think COVID's kind of and the and vaccination mandates and things like that have drawn a bit of a line in the sand because um, in some sort of new agey sort of churches with a lot of young people, um, that de- <laughs> well, I mean that that sort of demographic kind of doesn't really want to get vaccinated. I mean, I can, I can only speak anecdotally of uh, friends of friends and you know things like that of what uh, they've experienced or heard or their friends go to a church where this has happened and kind of splintered um, the uh, congregation. I I guess. A little bit because some people just don't want to get vaccinated some do um mm. so i mean that's just in the most recent years um but i i do agree that our liberal party has always tried to get that um christian vote i don't know if you've seen any of the puff pieces that have been done recently about scomo and how he felt god called him to be prime minister and stuff oh, like yeah. that. so there's there's certainly yeah. like they're baiting that's the first the vote we've here. ever that's the, I'm f- um, surely, maybe someone
1: who's been around for longer could tell me, but sure. I feel like this is the first we've ever had like Christian identity. Like we had a, like Julie Gillard was an atheist or something and she like, what, eight years ago. And yeah. it, I don't think anyone cared. Like, whereas in America, you would never have someone who doesn't say they're a Christian as a president. Yeah.
0: Uh, to my knowledge, the United States has not had an openly atheist president. There's there's rumors that Lincoln was. There's even rumors that Obama was, but that's not confirmed. Um, and that would only be from personal correspondences that people have tried to put together, piece together over the years. But yeah, the, it's it's a, it's it's part of the playbook. If you're going to run for president in the U.S., you better profess the Christian faith. Mitt Romney was a Mormon, which arguably is like an offshoot of Christianity and so still Christian, yeah. but it definitely made him a fringe candidate in that way.
1: Right. Yeah, we, we don't have that same cultural Christianity that I think America has, which seems to simplify things or like <coughs> not wrap it up with like the will of God and who you should vote for. I think that might make it mildly less divisive. But Christian, tell me your uh what what is it your political awakening story because i remember i feel like we've had conversations back in the day and it and it would have gone something like this oh yeah like oh yeah election coming up like don't you care about politics and you're like yeah just who cares just just whatever man like it just doesn't matter and, and i feel like i'd be like oh, i feel
2: like it matters and you'd be like
1: nah just i don't doesn't matter
2: well that's kind of been our Friendship for a long time. <laughs> <You> <laughs> me, me trying to, care, to convince you. <laughs> yeah. You're telling me to care about something and then it takes me five years to be like, oh yeah, I kind of care now. Uh so <laughs> political awakening, well I think I mean it's a bit of a long, slow journey. Um I, I was I trained as a geography teacher, and I think as a young kid, um, I was always and I think most young people really are pretty cognizant of like issues that may affect them in the future. And for me, like climate change is kind of at the forefront of my mind, because I was interested in it when I was at school, and then I studied it and stuff like that. Then I started teaching within that sphere as well. Um, And then more recently, I've changed to I've retrained it in mathematics, but um, those sorts of issues, I was always interested in, but those issues can be separate from politics, especially when it's not kind of is you know is climate change going to be part of this election cycle? is it going to be something that voters care about? And I guess if it is then oh yeah I was kind of interested and I w- and I wanted to vote for someone who did care. Um, but further to your question, over time um, it kind of became clear to me um, especially when American politics kind of gets at the forefront of even Australian news um, and we can't really avoid it. Um, as young Australians, um, it became apparent to me that there are some bad actors in politics, uh, people that kind of obfuscate the truth to sort of put forward their own sort of a gain and they'll lie and and sneak around and do all these sorts of things. Um, And I found myself getting caught up in some of those uh, lies. Tell me
1: specifics. (laughs) So,
2: like, for for such a long time, I was very uh, conservative. Um, maybe it was because I was, you know, heavily involved in church. I don't know. Um, maybe it was because conservatives generally are like, "Well, it's, it's your own personal inner strength. Pick yourself up by your own bootstraps, mm. kind of thing. Um, you have the power to change. You know, your own destiny. Those sorts of things. Um, sort of, you know, anti-feminist rhetoric, that sort of stuff. And when you're a young bloke, like, you, it's easy to get caught up in it if you're a bit of an idiot, like I was. Um, and it wasn't... And I started, you know, YouTube, you start watching different people and they start sort of reaffirming what you already believe. But then slowly the YouTube algorithm, I guess, um, I, I didn't want to just be focused on, okay, I don't want to just listen to people that reaffirm my own beliefs. You know, what about the other side of the coin? Um, and that's when I started looking um, at sort of more left-leaning um, characters, Um YouTubers whatever spokespeople um, and started realizing that oh the world doesn't revolve around me it, it's also, it's everyone it's a collective like um, it's more than just myself that we need to take care of my votes powerful and it can be used to help the least of these those sorts of things um, so and the more I heard about that sort of stuff, um, friends of mine were getting interested in these sorts of things too and so to be part of that conversation similar to Alice, um, you just don't want to be ignorant to what's kind of in the cultural zeitgeist at the time, and um, I just didn't want to be that uninformed dude on the side, like oh, Christian's an idiot; he doesn't know about this. No, I want to. I, I enjoyed those conversations because they were um, quite sort of popular and, and hot at the time, and it is kind of like I enjoy that sort of stuff. I find that kind of fun. Um, so. And then from there, it, yeah, it's almost like a daily digest, just like you, Conrad, where um, there'll be certain um, voices or characters that I'll listen to um, just to keep myself up to speed, I suppose, because it's just more of a habit now than anything else. You, both of you, you just want to fit in and look smart at politics, politics <laughs> <laughs> is how you,
1: you're like in a kind of cocktail party. Oh, well, did you hear the new gas pipeline going in? It's going to be a stranded asset in 10 to 15
2: years. Oh, what a terrible investment. <laughs> Okay, so I don't quite go that far. No, to be honest, I I don't really talk about it. Like, if I can avoid it, I will. It's more than... Yeah, because there's been plenty of conversations with um, close friends where we'll be on opposite sides of the fence and the relationship's the most important thing So, and politics can fracture friendships. So Mm. if people all kind of act the fool, I suppose um and ask a lot of questions and i won't grandstand or anything like that uh unless they invite me to give my opinion uh and maybe they're looking for a bit of a back and forth Um, otherwise i just kind of keep it to myself and then people like you conrad in some of the chats that we're in well that's where the juices start flowing and that's where the conversations happen um and that that kind of um uh, scratches that itch. I think it's a good as
1: we're going. Like, how do, how do we three laymen? Well, two laymen and one American bystander. <laughs> how how do we kind of enter this conversation? And uh, because the general consensus is, sounds like you're saying like politics is important. And you know, friends of the show that have sent in you know voice messages talking about yeah, it's it's important because we can impact other people. We can have a say on policy. I think, Alice, you were mentioning that we might have the privilege that it doesn't affect us, where some people are more directly impacted. Because I tell you, if you're a refugee next door to Djokovic, and you've been in that hotel room for seven years and he's in for two weeks, like, I tell you who's been impacted. Djokovic (laughs)
0: Djokovic was impacted by our immigration (laughs) policy. (laughs) And boy, did he not like it.
1: So imagine being like some poor brown dude from somewhere else that's a political chip at the moment. Um, whereas, you know, we, we have that privilege, but then to put it into balance, it sounds like what you're saying, Christian is like, there's, there's also a a point at which relationship probably matters more because I guess it's this, you can't convince everybody and the outcome of, of pushing what I think is important onto somebody else and why they should care can just damage that relationship. And, and in the end, it doesn't really matter at the end of the day. As it's, it's these two things of like voting is important, but also your one vote. So are you going to burn a bridge? Are you going to not have a friend over like a, a one vote? And I think that's the tension of politics. It's like things are so important for all these reasons. But then at the other side of it, is it worth the family division? Is it worth the social division that may have may have come from it have you guys experienced anything like alice have you experienced what some of friends of the show sent in being like you know it's too stressful it's too like relationship straining to talk about politics
0: Mm. it um i have not come across too much of that although i'm like how's your family
1: gone when you you say you come from one different part of America where you've got cultural Christian nationalism, and now you're some Californian liberal lefty,
0: yeah. So it's it's interesting because like the churches that we went to could be very political, but my like my mother is not political at all. Like she really is is. Um, I don't want to call her out as being indifferent to politics, but she it's never been a passion of hers. My dad was more politically engaged, um, still leans very Republican. Uh, but I don't know. It wasn't, it, uh, my point is, it wasn't, I don't think, a huge shock to them when I uh, decided I was no longer a conservative Republican anymore. Um, that didn't necessarily cause waves. I will say, though, I have learned to just kind of skirt carefully around. Um, There are definitely some members of my family who are still very much um, more conservative leaning Republicans. And there's just certain things that I just don't see the point in um, discussing. Uh, I'm open to it if they really want to. But if once I start feeling like it's, it's not productive and now we're just like listening to each other grandstand and no one's really, understanding the other or we do understand the other and we're just like sticking to our guns. It's like, I understand what you're saying. I just disagree and I'm doing it this way. <laughs> um, <clears throat> I feel like my my family does that pretty well. We navigate that pretty pretty well. But I, I definitely think that that's a very interesting point um, that I certainly agree with that I don't think any ideology, uh, any belief system, should matter more than the relationship and that's tricky though because sometimes the relationship wants or feels like the other person feels like they need you to care about politics in order to have the relationship um like i'm thinking of specifically i have i have a friend who's not black her best friend is black and last year when black lives matter was um having, or I guess it's not last year anymore, this is summer 2020, um, was having a, a very heated resurgence here in the States. Uh, my white friend, not political, didn't want to get involved, didn't want a hashtag, didn't want to go to the protest. And her, her black friend was very, it was, it became a point of, of, um, conflict in their relationship because it felt to her, like she was saying, you don't think my life matters enough to like, Speak up or participate in this with me because I'm your friend and I want you to so I can definitely see how There's a time and place where it's not going to be fruitful to talk about politics with loved ones and the relationship is more important And there's also the time and place where The relationship hinges on a certain amount of political engagement mm. um, I think it probably very much depends on the individuals and in the relationship
1: mm. That that fanning assumption because as, as I've been thinking about politics lately, it seems like we operate on these founding assumptions about other people as we come across someone having a different political ideology to us. And then we, and then we, we just operate from assumptions on that level. And so on the base level, when we're talking about whether we care about politics or not, it's like I, I might judge Christian back in the day if I'd suddenly cared about politics and he didn't. I probably would have, could have just judged him. Probably did. I'll be honest, Christian. You definitely did. did Paul. And,
2: <laughs>
1: <laughs> and I, I would just be thinking, mate. Like you know, you just clearly don't care about anything. You're not thinking about anything. It's you know, you clearly don't care about you know these poor refugees or these poor other minority groups or people who are suffering. You're just some privileged white guy that doesn't have to like you know, and and you can lay that judgment on, but. If I'm to complicate that, as I like to do here on I just digest, with a bit of what Alice is talking about, it's that people who are disengaged from politics, and I got that sense from friends of the show as I was as we hear their thoughts, is that they may just value relationships and have learnt a shorthand of keeping relationships strong, which is just avoid this topic. This is this is heated, this is complicated. I'm a personality type that doesn't deal with that. I value a relationship, I'm gonna tap out. But then, like Alice is pointing out, it's like it might also not always work when it comes to if valuing relationship, number one. And I think maybe the assumption we have with the enemy on the other side of the political aisle is that you don't value relationship, you don't value people, you're just some and we layer these assumptions so that we can really vilify them. And I and I think whether that's true or not, whether you know some people maybe are bad actors or maybe people deliberately trying to do horrible things, I don't know. But if we come at it from an assumption that people are just maybe just trying to, they are, they do care. They just care in a different way that maybe have unintended consequences or consequences that we can't see. I think that's a hard tension to hold when we talk about politics. So in holding that tension, but actually before we get there, I should say, because I did only, I did only start caring about politics, let's say six years ago. Nah. Yeah. Yeah. After college, long after college. And I think the only thing that made me click onto this was I start. I did my master's in business and then I like dabbled in some macroeconomic theory. And as I was like listening to podcasts, like Freakonomics, I was like, man, economics solves for a lot of these problems we think are political. So I started to look at maybe my growing up Christian, probably the adoption of my parents vote would have been a loose conservative voter like you know the classic ah oh, they're better with money so you know poor people just need to be better with money so vote. <laughs> that's the unthinking like just that was like level one or <laughs> well, not even level one and then although i did actually vote when i was 18 in my very first election so i don't know how i got off the electoral roll i'm confused but kevin 07 he rolls in Time for a change. Johnny Howard. I actually bucked my dad's trend and went, I'm voting Kevin 07. Um, So I don't know. I just, I I think I was just swayed by whatever. It just didn't bother me. I was like, yeah, yeah, I'm voting. Johnny Howard's too old. Let's go with this guy that was on late night talk shows, Kevin Rudd, Kevin 07. It's catchy. I'll vote for that. Um, But then as I was listening to like, got into economics around 24, 25, I just thought, man, these are political issues. But if we just look at, different countries and the data like the whole abortion thing it just blows my freaking mind that people are still debating about that because when you look at the economics of it whether it's legal or not it doesn't stop abortions so if you're looking at the data i'm like why are we fighting over this because if you make it illegal they happen anyway so and so for me i was just like i feel like we can solve for this and then that got me into politics so i was like which party is saying the the thing that i'm kind of looking at and which party kind of is the best vote now that I understand some of these different country examples and historical examples that economics is, is pointing out. So I think that's, it's not as altruistic as, and maybe I started caring more about people. Maybe that made me go, maybe I should, I should vote, but maybe it was just more interesting. It was like sport and I just had a good time. And now I just enjoy thinking about these sorts of things. So <laughs> now that we've established that, we all kind of care about politics. The hardest thing to do is to maybe convince people to care about politics. Now, Christian, we have a long history of you not caring about things I care about and me (laughs) spending far too long trying to convince you to care about the things I care about. So I want you to like teleport back in your brain 10 years. Just think like young C bro, just concerned about, you know, getting a girlfriend and getting through college. (laughs) <laughs> and I want you to, I want you to be a recalcitrant C-bro. And Alice and I, I, I we want to try and convince you to care about politics. So you just give me the best arguments you would have had, you would have heard, and, and we'll just try and counter that. Okay, easy. <laughs> Alice, do, <laughs> do, you, have, you, have, do you, you want me to start? Is you... <laughs> it? Alright, okay. Um, Alice, have you have you got something? You you have a thing. And see if you've got something to convince bro why he should care. Okay, now Christian, I will kick this off and be like, "Oh man, like elections coming up, like a couple months, mate. Like, have you thought about who you're going to vote for?"
2: No, it's all just a bit overwhelming. Like, I don't know. They both suck. What's the point?
1: <laughs> okay, that okay. That's good. Okay, so do I mean, do you care about democracy, man?
2: Like, uh, I guess. Well. I, I mean, mean if, if, you, you, want, if about- you want me to vote, I'll just put anyone in there. It doesn't matter, right?
0: How would you feel if you couldn't vote?
2: Oh, good one. I, when you say couldn't, as in I wasn't allowed to? Correct. Uh, well, I wouldn't like that because I, li- I like having the freedom to do what I want in that space.
0: The freedom to exercise your right to not vote that's <laughs> what you're yeah preferring sure. to exercise now
2: yeah e- even in australia you, you you know you you have to vote but there's so many ways to just sort of put make your vote be whatever so it doesn't feel like i'm being forced to in a way
1: so so christian you clearly don't care about like these big issues like climate change landfill just filling up out of like freaking plastic everywhere like nuclear weapons like are you are you gonna have kids are you gonna have kids i don't know right?
2: i'm 20 I'm um, you know in, in this hypothetical i'm 24 <laughs> i'm very self-centered um <laughs> i do care about climate change because i studied it and i find that interesting um okay but why, why well why you is, why, yeah but why okay but you're, you're saying climate change is this big political thing why, why is it political i'm allowed to care about what? climate change but i don't have to care about politics
1: well, some people would argue, me right now, would say if, if you care about the future for your kids, like polit- big political decisions are being made right now on like what energy we invest in, whether we cut carbon emissions, these, these decisions have to be made on a political level. And if you opt out of that process, I mean, right now, our government's just full steam ahead, more gas, more coal, more carbon. You don't care. You mustn't care if you're not going to just put your vote against something that matters. What are you going to say to your kids, Christian? Your kids, Dad? Why? Why? Why did you let this world burn in Australia? And what are you well, going to then, say? Then I
2: just, I just say to my son, it wasn't my fault. Blame Scone or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Okay. No. So, like, with, with that sort of a tact, it's like being young. I'm guilting you hard. No, you are, but. Um, being young, it's easy to just not care because my life's revolving around myself. But I, I, I am cognizant and aware of issues, but when it comes to who to vote for, I think that's the hardest hurdle to overcome because people don't think about, oh, who represents my values until they maybe walk into the voting booth and get shoved all these different pamphlets, vote for me, vote for me, vote for me. Um and then they just kind of default to maybe who their parents voted for or who they've always voted for in the past. So, so you're being saying able it to, takes too much
1: time to decipher yeah, like now. If, I've got yeah, you on, like you if, care about climate, but now it's too hard. Like too much stuff, Conrad.
2: Too overwhelming. Yeah, and, and I'm like I'm not just thinking of the, the the young white male. I'm thinking of, you know, like the the, the, the like the, the single mum that works two jobs or something, like they don't have the time to work out who to vote for, mm. right? Um because it is a little overwhelming. And sure, these issues matter. But but what matters for so many of these people in the moment, they don't care about climate change. They care about the next paycheck, groceries, uh, getting the kids to school, things like that. Um, but to your question, and, to get a young person yes. like me to care about it, I think it's important to recognise, and as a teacher, I see this, young kids care about issues. They're super cognizant of these issues. Um, maybe not when they're 14, more like when they get to you know, late high school, um, they're pretty aware. And we saw that in the 2019 climate, was it 2019 or 2020, the climate uh, protests in Australia? Protests, yeah, um, yeah. There was heaps of that going on. So young kids care, but how do you know who to vote for? Okay. Because you've got, you you got these, you know, in Australia, <clears> you've got more than just two parties, but um, it's really hard to try and to see the forest from the trees. Hmm.
1: Okay. Yep. You've, you've hit a good one there. Alice, do you have any uh, comeback for his uh, <laughs> his quite good point? Some people don't have the luxury to care because of so immediate circumstances that demand their attention. Do you have any, any other things we can sway Christian on? Yes.
0: Yeah, so Christian, if you were an American, <laughs> I would ask you if you've heard of an online quiz called I Side With. Um, I'm not sure if you guys have an equivalent uh, in Australia, do, but yes. here that's Oh, okay. Yeah. So that was honestly, because I relate so much to everything I, because I was so apolitical for a long time. and I very much empathize with the overwhelm, the dread, the boringness of it all. Um, I, but, uh, taking that quiz I side with actually, um, helped get me more interested in it because it focused on the issues and situations before the people. So the quiz, how it's laid out here anyway, is just like, I don't know you can choose to skip certain questions um you can choose to see more questions within a certain category like say you're not in say you're not interested in um uh you know foreign policy but you're really interested in climate change you can choose to answer more questions in that category and that might help uh, uh skew your results toward a certain party and or candidate um so that helps simplify it for me so if i were to talk to you as someone who was you know, maybe a little bit blah, or in your case, compulsed to have to vote and you wanted to maybe make your vote um, count for more than just filling in a random checkbox, I would suggest to just start with an easy, a free online quiz um, and just see what piques your interest. um, See what issues maybe you think you care about more than you thought you did. Um, I cared a lot more about drug legalization than I thought I did. (laughs) And uh, when I was doing the quiz, I was like, oh, like, yeah, I've never thought about this before. This war on drugs is, uh, and you know, I've never thought about you know what. How should we handle it? And, and having the opportunity to be quizzed about um, how I thought it could be handled and why maybe think and maybe research a bunch and actually made me earnestly start to care more. Um, that said, I fully respect you know why people don't or why they're just too busy, um, but. What I always told myself, and I'm sure I can't take credit for this. I'm sure someone told me this um, is, do you like to complain? And the answer is usually yes. We all like to complain. Most of us like to bitch and moan about something.
1: Uh, You got him. Um, You got him.
0: (laughs) Do you like to complain? And if you do, do you feel like it's fair to complain about a problem that you had the chance to perhaps help solve and opted not to? That's one of the things that, that um, compelled me to vote was because I realized like, oh, I have no right to complain about anything in my country if I'm not going to be an active participant and at least do what I can to um, try to influence it toward what I think would be best. you know And even if my side loses or the policies I vote for don't pass, at least I can say I tried and then I can get back to complaining. <laughs>
2: Yeah, that the um, I remember doing a quiz like that way back in the day, and at the time because I was raised, my parents are like mega Catholics, and I was raised as like a young liberal voter. Uh, so, oh, no. and when yeah. I did the when I did that quiz, and I ended up, it was telling me you should vote like Labor or something. I remember looking at it and just feeling like, oh my gosh, like <laughs> I, I don't, I don't vote Labor. I need like, a shower. Like, <laughs> yeah. I almost I almost sort of offended. I did the quiz again to try and get the answer I wanted. This is how like backwards my thinking used to be. Um, I was almost offended was that normal I was, thinking though. Well, I, I was almost offended that I was told to vote a way in which I didn't personally see myself. And of course, I, I saw myself through the mm. lens of my own parents, so that's not how you're supposed to do it. Um, but those quizzes are perfect like it doesn't take very long at all um takes you like what 10 minutes before you go and vote um but surely
1: the uh, surely the answer to that christian let me help out young christian here with his okay yeah it's it's hard
2: to go back in time you'll have to help me out
1: yeah surely the obvious thing is alice is very convincing but the obvious one is like i'm one vote as if one vote in this heavily liberal or heavily labor electorate, as if that counts, and then if you're Alice or one of our American friends of the show, that's even more potent because you only have two options. You guys, if you do not vote for the major two, you just throw it in the bin. Whereas you know the counter argument is we have preferential voting. You can literally vote for who you want, and that counts, and your vote will always count. Um,
2: but yeah, I'm just you just one vote. Well, yeah, that's. I mean, I'm gonna. I guess I'll argue against old CBO. Um <laughs> Saying you're like, one yeah, man, vote, I'm just okay. one vote. What does it matter?
1: Oh, it just doesn't matter.
2: Um, well, there's a lot of people like you, but if you're saying that you're just one vote, um, and then you're saying that you're in a heavily something electorate, then you already know way more than the average person. If you know <laughs> oh that your God, electorate it, swings sorry. one way or the other, right? Um, yeah. Look, you got me. I see. I mean, it it is it is a lazy argument, um, and it probably just speaks more to the person just doesn't really care. But surely, and like,
1: but surely that's true, though. This is what I've got to come to. Surely, you are just one vote, and honestly, it really doesn't matter if just you vote. I feel like when I had to overcome that idea, like when I'm, you know, if I care about plastic or if I care about carbon, I'm like, oh. I guess I should just try and bring my bags to the grocery store, knowing it will make zero difference until something on the large scale changes. And I've had to, like, impose this illogical element to this conversation that accepts the truth. Because the argument is, oh, well, if everyone did that, then it wouldn't change the world. But I... And maybe this is just me. I don't believe an individual can change the world. I don't believe it. But... I still, in the face of that futility, would say now, like, I'll vote and I'll give it a crack. Because the only, the best thing I've come up with is I've got a couple of nieces. And at least if it all goes to hell, they can go, Uncle Conrad, why did you let this happen? I can look at them kindly and I can, rather than say Christian saying, oh, it wasn't me. I can say, "I, I tried. I literally tried. That's all I got. And you have a better argument than that? That's literally all I have.
2: Well, that that's more that speaks more to your conscience more than anything, right? Like, yeah. I, I think if to tap into people caring about politics is that in one way or another there is some element of politics that's going to be affecting us, um, be it through um, education, um, public transport, um, you know government grants going to the wrong people, um, you know, all the fishy stuff the Liberal government's done lately. Uh, there's, when when people become cognizant of what's kind of happening, It's and especially young people who really want to vote, maybe they're 17, they can't quite vote yet, there's something that they're passionate about and maybe they're frustrated with the older generations. And it's really like tapping into that anger, I think is pretty helpful um, because when you get some small understanding of how um, either like be it government bodies or corporations lobbying government bodies. um, It gets you pretty frustrated because then you feel like a David in front of a Goliath. And yeah, what can I do? Well, all we have is the power to vote. So why not exercise that? Right. It, yeah, it got, it cuts either
1: way. You can either say, why not? But then I can easily hear people just going, and especially in America, surely that's the most, what's your voting rate? Like 50, 40% of your population?
0: Oh man, you know, I'm not sure. I feel like I looked this up recently, but to be fair, it was from, it was on the heels of another political quiz thing that I did recently. Um, And I don't think it's reflective of the, the whole population. It was probably just reflective of the quiz takers who would probably be more politically engaged. I'm not sure. I think it's, I definitely think it's been, Whatever the number is, I think it's changed a lot since um, Trump started to run uh, back in, you know, twenty. What, when did he announce? 2014, 2015, before he won in 2016. I feel like Donald Trump kind of single-handedly um, galvanized a lot of previously non-voting Americans to vote, whether to vote for him or against him.
2: I think it um, maxed out at, what, 60% of the nation. It's usually well under that. Which
1: is pretty high for that
2: hmm well like the, yeah, the most does... recent election was the highest percentage <clears throat> since like just post civil war or something I can't remember and I suppose I... yeah go ahead oh I suppose the
1: the thing I'm hearing and I think reflecting on is that the decision to care about politics to vote to engage to it it's like this luxury position that you hold in order to understand what does affect you because even if it is affecting you you might not understand what the causes are of that affecting you because you don't have time and you 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 know you're too busy actually just trying to make things happen you don't understand that a government policy could actually very positively influence you but it also sounds like we're talking like morally we're talking like i mean you can appeal to self-interest and go you know, Christian, you and I, well, I did, I don't know about you, but I got 1800 bucks from Kevin Rudd in university in the Hell GFC yeah. when he, when he was dishing out cash to float the economy. I went to the snow that year and just got money. And so, you know, that could be a self-interest, like who's going to, who's going to give me the most, but well, it's and just also in that. Kevin
2: Rudd's defense, that was like an award winning, saved the economy, praised by economists worldwide. It was a good move. I have heard this. I have yeah. heard
1: it was better than the American alternative. Sorry, Alice, as we bought <laughs> our okay. Australian superiority over the top. Barack bailed out the banks. <laughs> oh, K. Rod bailed out the people. It's was... bigger
0: than my stimulus check. So.
1: <laughs> oh, oh. oh you at least like, six hundred bucks.
0: Yeah,
1: yeah. Uh, U.S. though. Uh, yeah, know,
0: U.S. six hundred U.S.
1: Translates quite nicely into Australian politics. So
0: it, it sounds like. <laughs>
1: It sounds like the, uh, the thing we're talking about is, a, is this, moral, this moral level, like the capacity to, to care and then, I don't know, it has to be on this moral level to overcome the futility of being one cog in the machine because we're just trained that you are just one piece of the puzzle. And we've been atomized. We're no longer these communities that can rally together, union memberships, all-time low, our collective ideas that we can do anything collectively, it seems to be super scattered. So our default is to go, well, I'm just one person, what am I going to do? Um, and then I think if, if you've overcome that really depressing thought that oh, I'm just one person, what can I do? And you still can get around and going, maybe I should care about politics and maybe this election coming up, I'll do a bit of homework and see who might represent me or my community best. Then we're going to continue to explore politics in this in this series. And as just, as just lay people coming, in it, coming at it from the outside and we're going to explore a few things. We want to explore what's truly dividing us all in politics. We've touched on a little bit of that. Um, our bias and assumptions that we have about others that about others and about i guess the world that that influences our politics what's true who's who to trust this is a question i've been asking a lot of people lately especially when it comes to this vaccine movement um it's an interesting question of like who do you trust if you throw out all institutions all scientific established knowledge that's a scary world who do do you how do you know what's true that's a complicated question and then maybe if we're lucky. How to convince your dad, because that's, (laughs) Christian, impossible, impossible, (laughs) impossible. (laughs) Yes. Uh, So there's some. It's just some of the stuff we're going to explore. If we've touched a nerve because we're talking about politics and may have hinted at our political leanings as we discuss the various topics, and we've triggered you, feel free to send your strongly worded uh, DMs directly to Ideas Digest. Uh, I would love to see them. And I'd love to see just whatever thoughts, fire them through. I just digest. Um, Thanks for tuning in. Alice, Christian, thanks for joining me. And we'll catch up next time and discuss something. If you guys have anything that you think we should discuss, you just let me know. Thank you. Thanks, Conrad. I'll catch everyone in the next episode.